Hey, hey, it's Kip Bodner, CMO of HubSpot. Join me and my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, CMO over at Zapier, on Marketing Against a Grain. We're not the typical regurgitated Twitter threads. These are takes from us, marketing leaders about what we're doing and what we're learning from our peers and what's working in the market and how you can apply them to your business. Everything you need to grow a modern business and have a strategy that is fit for growth in today's changing economy. Listen to our podcast, Marketing Against the Grain, wherever you get your podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Stacey Eigel is the author of Embracing the Calm in the Chaos, How to Find Success in Business and Life Through Perseverance, Connection, and Collaboration. Stacey is the founder and creative director of Boy Meets Girl, a global impact brand known for its iconic double silhouette logo and purposeful, edgy, contemporary athleisure wear. Stacey and Boy Meets Girl seem to promote the message that confidence and courage are trends that never go out of style. In 2016, Stacy's alma mater, the University of Wisconsin, awarded her with the Wisconsin Idea Alumni Award, which recognized Stacy for how she educated and influenced people's lives beyond the boundaries of a classroom. In 2017, Stacy won the Forward Under Forward Award, where the university acknowledged her as one of the rising stars in her field. Stacy and Boy Meets Girl have been featured in InStyle, Elle, Cosmopolitan, Marie Claire, Allure, People, Teen Vogue, Seventeen, the list goes on. She is the co-creator and co-host of the podcast, Hashtag Moms Got This, which was featured on Forbes as a women-created podcast everyone should be listening to right now. I don't know why I wasn't on the list, but I'm going to have to go dig into that. And in less than a year, ranked in the top 25 on iTunes. 
Stacey is a frequent lecturer and panelist on subjects like social media, philanthropy, branding, and entrepreneurship. She lives in New York City with her husband, Brian, and their son, Dylan. And by the way, she was supposed to come over and do this episode in person, but I had a terrible cold, which became an even worse cold in the preceding, in the following couple days. So uh, she literally was in an Uber when I realized there was no way I could meet someone in person and had to turn around. I felt terrible. But uh, we did it on Zoom nonetheless, but excuse my sneezing and all, all of that. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you so much for coming on Mom. <laughs> You're taking a picture. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss embracing the calm and the chaos. Thank you so much for having me. And very apropos to the book title and my life uh, today, you are interviewing me with sneezes. And I appreciate we were supposed to be live and in person together to give you this, but we will make cocktails and drinks happen. And I'm so excited um, to be here doing this with you. I feel like it's been uh, years in the making. (laughs) Well, I am so excited to talk to you. And again, I am sorry we aren't in person, but you're probably better off for it. Um, To be honest with you, I have been carrying your book around, you know, like this is what I do like a week or so before every podcast. I'm like bringing the book everywhere and dipping in and out and all that stuff. And there are so many times where I've looked at this book with what's going on in my own life and just been like, Okay, this is my message. Okay. (laughs) My daughter daughter has some like crazy thing, medical thing, and I'm just like, okay, embracing the calm of the chaos. Like, thank you, Stacey. So (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, my book title originally was gonna do it was from the uh joke in my book that what would you do that for? And that had like this negative connotation, although it's really funny. But then the embracing the calm of the chaos is one of my chapter names. And it was, you know, voted by everybody to be the name. And it really is resonant of my life and our lives and how I keep moving, you know. And so, yes, I'm happy that you can look at it and it gives you some solace to your day. It really does. In your book, you write about your whole whole backstory to how you became you and starting your business. And I loved you, these images of you, like, making your own prom dress and uh, going around the East Village with these like ribbon and your, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and basically how you kept, you know, it, it was so funny too, because in your book, it's taught, you, you give example after example of your sort of relentlessness and, oh, I called Delia's like a hundred times to get that internship. And, oh, I kept calling this. And then I was thinking even about our interactions, you know, <laughs> I'm like, she is so determined because I was like, I eat it. Like all of our emails, I'm like, she is, I love it. And I relate to it too. Well, I was just like the focus. When I was reading your book, I'm like, oh my God, Sibby and I are the same person. Yeah. (laughs) Not the same person, we're very different backgrounds, but we have the same work ethic. And and I actually was like, I was underlining in your book. I was like, oh my God, I should be interviewing you because (laughs) this we've never stopped working, right? In different fields. But it's definitely, yes, you know, I, you know, calling Delios, this is like pre-social media, pre-anything and no connections in fashion. Like I was from Chicago. I went to University of Wisconsin, Madison, like, you know, in the Midwest. And I'm like, I got to get to New York. I got to work in fashion. And I remember I was calling the 1-800 number and I got a customer service person on the phone. And I was like, I need the buyer's information. Can you give me her phone number? And I got it. And I and I actually flew to New York over Chris. It was a Christmas break. 
to have the interview in person. I got the job and then I ended up taking a different job with LA Tahari. And I was like the worst feeling to like, I was, I worked so hard to get that Delia's job, but then I really wanted to work for a designer who I could learn from and have that skill. And I remember being at a payphone <laughs> and pre-cell phones <laughs> in the heart of, you know, New York city to call Delius and be like, thank you so much, but I, I'm going to have to turn this job down. And, you know, I think that was the decision that led me to, you know, was the right decision for me. But yes, I, um, I think, you know, my mother, who is, I talk about a lot in my book and who was an entrepreneur. She, you know, she went to hear Elsa Clench speak in Chicago and like was, gave her my resume. But then I had to keep calling John Philemon, who was her head producer, who's now a dear friend. I called and called and called and called. It was like, my mom gave you the resume to Elsa Clench. I need to work there. And I, and I got the job. (laughs) I I feel like I so relate. Like I just sometimes need someone to open the door just a smidge. That's, and then you just keep going. You know, I just need that door open a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And when you don't have, you know, a connection, it's really hard. And so, you know, I feel very blessed. Like I've built this world and I have my nieces and nephews who I can like pick up a phone call and now, but, but I say to them, I'm like, you have to work so hard. Even if I just give you this introduction for that interview, like you have to, if you get the job, you better be there on time and give it your all because I don't want to put my name. Like I, you know, I don't want to make that connection. I have so many people in my sphere who don't have that connection and I could help them too. And I do help them and I want to help them. And I know they'll work really, really hard, you know? So it's, um, yeah, I've been very fortunate on my journey to build this community who support me. And and that basically from a super young age, you were trying out these entrepreneurial things. It's almost like you can look back. I feel like parents should be like, here are the signs that my child is going to be an entrepreneur when they are older. Do you know what I mean? Because there are all these little things like are they secretly starting a business on the side? Like, like, right. what are they doing? How are they taking, like, I used to sell bookmarks door to door that I would like design, to, like all these things. And I'm like, I hadn't even thought about it until I read Stacy's book. Like all these things I did it as, as a kid that all like contribute. And anyway, all these things for you built into your massive career success with Boy Meets Girl. And even I loved hearing how you got the logo and, and all of that, but just the the ability, like when you were like, I don't even know why I went into Noah Tupperberg's hotel room on vacation when he wanted my shirt. And I'm like, oh my God, what was she doing? And you're like, and yet they, you know, that changed my life. And like, oh my God, that's another payphone story. I'm on spring break in Acapulco with, I had dressed my friends all in my first top I designed in college. They wore it to every nightclub around the pool. It was every college was there. It was like Wisconsin, Michigan, Duke, you know, Indiana, Iowa, like whoever was on spring break went on these package tours that you would get on a plane for like $200. And there was this crazy all-inclusive thing. And literally we sold the shirts off of their backs. And then my last two, I'm calling my mom again. And I'm like, I sold all my shirts like I made. And no. So to, for everyone on here, Noah Tuppenberg is the 
co-founder of the Tao Strategic Group. He, you know, Marquis, every, you know, oh my gosh, he owns every, you know, restaurant, every nightclub and has grown a huge empire. At the time was like a party promoter and was like, what did you sell? <laughs> you know, well, where, what is this? I'm like, well, I've got my two last shirts. My friends are waiting for me to go back to the airport from, from our trip. And I was like, he's like, I'll buy them. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and Jason Strauss's partner opens the door and he's like, what is this Noah? And I was like, I'm selling my shirts. And he's like, well, I want one for Judy and Judy, who I love now, who runs all of the nonprofit work for Tao Strategic Group, like remembers like her brother bought my first shirt. And it was just like, it was one of those moments, again, like in real life is so special in that way where you, you know, we've this past two years of the pandemic and the way we work, it's like a whole different world. Right. And it's it's also very interesting, exciting, too. But like in the beginning phases of like building this and like having those moments led me to all these relationships, yeah. you know, and Noah like would invite me to all these parties he was throwing in the city. Like I remember I was invited. <laughs> I, I tagged him on his birthday recently. It was a it was a birthday card for a party for his birthday, and it was a spinning wheel with Noah's body on it. That spin. Oh. To like what event you would like do at this party, and I was just like, you know, again, Midwest girl, like hadn't like this is a whole new like scene for me, and it was wild and amazing, and and he was part of like me doing events and parties that led like in my fashion week days, like I did parties at Avenue and like he gave me the space for that New York fashion week show. And it like led to such a great relationship, you know, by the way, meanwhile, when I was in high school here in New York, they would hand out all these little, you know, party cards all the time for, you know, the surf club or wherever it was. And it was always those guys throwing all the parties, (laughs) you know? And, And so and that's from when I was like, what, 16, 15. Yeah, so it's it like never stops. It's like <laughs> anyway. And in Chicago, there was like maybe one or two. I live in the city, like who would promote Medusa, this club, but like we didn't have that. But actually, I have two friends who are very much in that kind of vein who are the Chicago nightclub club guys, you know? And you know, like, like you said, it's like you see a budding entrepreneur at a young age of their, what they're doing. And you know, they're going to do something big, but also like for me, this book is to inspire the next entrepreneur as well, who maybe, you know, doesn't have that spark, but can be, you know, inspired by the journey and maybe will spark some new ideas. Well, you combine so many great lessons in the book too. And I know, you know, at the beginning of each chapter, you have a little thing and then takeaways at the end. But I like all the ones that are kind of sprinkled through. Like when you say an entrepreneur needs to know what everybody does in the company and know how to do it themselves. Because my husband is always like, why are you doing all these little things? And I'm like, I have to know how it all works. I have to know how every little thing works. You just have to know. And sometimes I'm like, am I being crazy? Like, maybe I'm just crazy. And then I read your book and I'm like, yes, see, Stacey says this is how she does it too. (laughs) I I mean, I think when you're growing a small business that, you know, ultimately you want to lead to a bigger business, if you don't know those functions, like, and you don't get your hands scrappy, how can you lead, you know? And I think that like my, the people who are my bosses or mentors, did all those things, right? They really like Ellie Tahari, I wouldn't say 
he's my mentor, but, <laughs> but I, I really respect him. But like, he did it all. He built his company. He was hand, like in the fabric stores. He was in the trim stores. He found the factories. He built it so that he could know every piece of that garment and how to run the business. And sometimes we're not the best at it. Like I say this in the book, like I was not a great manager in my twenties, right? Like because I wanted to do it all and be the, you know, perfect and ship everything on time and, you know, emailing everyone at all hours, which I find myself probably still doing, but like, they know not to worry to answer that moment. But like, I definitely, you know, learn from mistakes and like how to be a more efficient manager. But I think that learning, you know, how to do that Excel spreadsheet, how to, you know, talk to the salespeople, how to talk to your factories, how to talk to the manager, how to, you know, really working with everyone gives you value and also respect. Like during COVID, there was one woman who was picking and packing in the factory in Virginia that I have. And she was the one I was talking to because first of all, no one was really in these factories. And I sent her flowers during COVID. I sent, you know, would thank her. No one was doing that to her, you know? And, and she's like, I can't believe I'm getting this from you. And I'm like, you're the one doing the work. Like I'm here having privilege to work remote, but you're actually shipping my goods, you know? And I, and I think that goes back to like my beginning days when I launched in Bergdorf Goodman, my first, you know, store that discovered me. Your mom was so funny. My mom would have been the same way. She's like obsessed. (laughs) I'm not explaining any of this while I just keep jumping in. When you're you're at a, a, like a trade show, essentially, I can't remember the name of it. And you went to the bathroom and the buyers from Bergdorf's came over and your mom was talking to them in your booth. And you came back and you're like, who are these people? And you're like, she's like, you're going to be in Bergdorf's. You're going to be in Bergdorf's. She's like, it's Berger Goodman. <laughs> um, and I was like, mom, please me. I was so embarrassed. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. And that that was, I mean, I still remember that trade show like it was yesterday because Tracy Margulis was the Bergdorf's buyer and she's my, she's the head of Saks now. She's a, a chief merchant at Saks and she still remembers that moment. And she's in the book and we talk about this story and it was like, you know, it was right this is where we relate because I read your book with 9-11 and in a, in a different way. You know, I had friends who lost friends. I didn't have someone you personally. Saw that. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for you too. I wanted to hug you today. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, for me doing that show a month later, and I explained that in the book, it was really hard for me to like say, oh, I'm going to be in fashion. Like, you know, we all were confused and didn't know what had like happened. And this is a terrorist attack. And we all wanted to just say, like, help, you know, and especially for me, like I come, my dad was an orthopedic surgeon. My mom was a physician assistant. Again, no family in the business. Like I was like, oh, should I go into like social work? Like I was just like, where am I here? But for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to go forward because this is what I love. As you can see through the many chapters, this has been in like from the womb, this is what I wanted to do. And from that day that I decided I will move forward, I would be an impact brand that would give back always through what I do and through the clothing, if it was home goods, if whatever I was doing that would be the case. And the, that first collection was donated to the American Red Cross from victims of 9-11 and their so family. Nice. And that show was like, you know, again, similar to like 
us coming out of COVID, which is really not us coming because we're still in COVID, but, you know, the spirit of New York, right? Like everybody wanted to be out again. And this particular show that I, you know, is so vivid in my mind is that the, it was just like buyers from Japan and buyers from, you know, internet, like all over were coming to the show with 60 designers. It was me, Gary Graham, Peter Som, uh, Liz Collins. I don't know if Liz and Gary are, are doing their lines anymore, but it was like really amazing, great designers and my booth with my mom and an FIT intern. <laughs> um, and I was the most happening booth. It was like, it was the best probably show of my career, you know, like just what was happening because I had these Americana ribbons that I had had designed in six months prior and like put this together. My, you know, my boy meets girl logo, my streetwear, my flowy shirts, similar tops that Noah bought in spring break. Like it was like my designs in my head of the first creations. And then Bergdorf and put me on the map. You know, and, and that was who really told my story. And it's really like. A- Want to know what it takes to make a million bucks? Check out My First Million. Every week we dive into different business opportunities and explain how to pounce on them. From one man online operations to brick and mortar strategies, we cover it all. So whether it's your first million followers or dollars, start getting inspired with My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the cat in the hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Dream. And tell listeners who aren't familiar with your clothing brand about your well, about your overall brand and what you built it into and, and all of that. So Boy Meets Girl is a impact brand that is unisex. I do lifestyle, really, athleisure, streetwear, people call it many things, but impact brand that what, what that means is 
everything we do and create has a give back portion to different nonprofits that we work with. I also work with tons of musicians and artists that we combine and collaborate. And there, again, going back to my first show, the reason it became an impact brand, because if you think about other brands who are um, start like Tom's, you buy a shoe, you give back mine was reactive to what had happened in our world and and then I set forth that anything that we made we would tell the story so the boy meets girl logo is a boy and a girl and I believe that like when you see it it's a reflection of something right and so here we're sharing a story of the of a boy of a girl I also own girl meets girl boy meets boy so you know throughout the 20 years of running my business it's gone from wholesale which is selling direct to a store to licensing where I've grown the asset which is the boy and girl logo where I can license since it to different in different categories. So I have a home collection, I have a kids collection with the licensees who pay me back a royalty. I still promote it, but they produce it much more beautiful than me doing it all. But we still do wholesale. And then I do a lot of collaboration. So over the course from like 2015 to now, the NBA came to me to do collaborations with the Chicago Bulls, Atlanta Hawks, which is like, so cool. Bulls was like oh my, in my career. And so, yeah, so we, I address everyone from kids to adults because I have all the product classifications now and I've grown internationally to Paris, to Finland, um, to London, to Asia. So it's, been exciting and crazy as you will see in my book. I, I want to having I'm having read it, I, I want to <laughs> say like I'm so proud of you like you know cuz it's so exciting to watch. It's just so exciting and for you to take us through your whole story. It's it's very motivating and inspiring and and really awesome. Thank you. So why why write a book? Well, over the course like in 2000 and I think 11 I started Boy Meets Girl University. And that was was really for students to learn about the business and also underrepresented um, underrepresented children and students who I could bring knowledge to. I joined forces with the Lori Lori Side Girls Club to bring thirty students to New York Fashion Week in 2012 with Wyclef John, Jarena DeMarco, Chris Cab, and everybody got to shadow a piece of that show the day of the photographers, Wyclef, the musicians, me. Uh, anything hair and makeup going on behind the scenes. And so got a taste of the business. And so I brought that to nonprofits and also students who come from all over to to hear about the business. And I, I just, I love passing on the knowledge. I also get asked all the time, how'd you do this? How'd you do this? How'd you do this? Friend, 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 you know, I talk my friend, Ike, who's an actor, my best friend, you know, our parents call us all the time being like, I have a friend. And his daughter, and then this, and we're like, okay, all right, we're gonna do, it. we're gonna help, like, you know, we've got you. So for me, I I just like COVID hit, and I got to work remote for the first time, like in my career, like, and be with my son and do everything. But I wasn't on a train, plane, or automobile, and flying to do events and do fifteen New York Fashion Week shows and going to the Garment Center and running, 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 and so for me people kept coming to me to do talks like, you know, for the university of Wisconsin, where I went to college and um, different companies came to me to do talks via zoom. And I just felt like 
let's add another thing to my plate. But I felt it was my time to share the knowledge and inspire entrepreneurs in the beginning stage, students, people five years into it, you know, execs who are looking for some insight. And I had journaled my whole career, like in my whole life. I have my journals from when I was like eight you know, talking about my boy crushes. So I- Hello, Hello Kitty journals. Hello Kitty. Oh, totally. I, Hello had, Kitty I also had a Hello Kitty journal. So there you go. We can compare. I have a, and I have a Hello Kitty heart-shaped box that I still put everything in. Uh, oh, I'm a Hello Kitty freak. <laughs> uh, I have not collabed with them yet. I have collabed with Care Bears, but Hello Kitty. <laughs> but yeah, so I just, I, you know, there was a lot of struggle. Like there was a lot of times where I'm writing on napkins and I'm like, how am I going to do this? I'm on a subway and I'm like, okay, I'm creative. I've got this. I, I can do it. I can keep going, like, you know, talking to myself. And my my therapy was those, was writing. Um, I didn't have, I didn't make time for myself for therapy, which I think is a great thing. And I wish I did more of that. Um, but that was my time. And so I really felt like I could give, I had read books, like I, I read I don't read like how many books you read a month, <laughs> which is unbelievable one day, but I read a lot of books about entrepreneurs and I had read, you know, Steve Jobs book and I had read Phil Knight's book and read a lot about like read about men entrepreneurs that I guess those were the books that were out. And I, I didn't, and I felt every time I read their books, these great leaders who have built things that I got a little anxiety about how much money I would have to put in to be them, to be Nike. <laughs> and, but I also felt like no one had shared a story that you can still do great things and give back and make money without being as big as Nike or as big as a, you know, a multi-billion dollar brand. And that's okay. And it took me a long time to feel that that's okay. Did you see the new movie coming out about Nike Airs? How um, with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? Oh yes, I can't wait for that. I'm so excited! I'm yeah. so excited! Yeah. So excited! Yes, I saw that. Yeah, so I, I just felt like it was important. I feel like a lot of people, I, and I also like what really confirmed it was I had done a course for like twelve or thirteen people who had picked to have me be their mentor. And everybody who picked me was like from all different walks of life. It was like someone starting a nonprofit, someone who was a music manager, someone who was an actress, someone who was had a designer, someone who was going to leave her job to start a franchise, an ice cream franchise. Like everybody, a, a girl who had started a WeWork, but she was from the LGBTQ community. So it was like each person was picking me from everything that I've built and done on my journey. And then I would do these sessions with them where I said to look at their business as like quarters or even like six months. We broke it down because that was the time I had with them. And each one of them grew their business. Amazing. Like, and it was like, oh, I remember leaving that, like our last talk together on a Zoom. And I was like, hysterically crying because I was oh. like, oh my God, like, and they were like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> I was like, you just confirmed this book is going to be for a lot of people and help them. And I was like, thank you so much. 
so, so great. So great. Oh my gosh. Okay. So embracing the calm and the chaos in the chaos. And when are you doing your event in LA with our store? So we are there. You heard it here first. (laughs) March 30th. And I'm going to be sitting with Ike Barinholtz, who is my best friend, who is actually on tour or coming to New York for history of the world part two, that he is a writer and actor in, which is based on the history of the world part one with oh my god who created it i'm having a blank but uh Mar- oh my goodness all right well sorry I, I will, <laughs> he's famous he's like but i'll be there <laughs> but, I go, but anyway so we were he's in my book and so we're going to talk about our childhood and our different paths to what we do and i haven't been to la since like i think Pre-COVID, yeah, I mean, maybe I was there right before COVID or a year before COVID, and I used to do shows there. I used to do trade shows there. I have a massive community there. I think it's going to be a very big event for you, Zimby. I hope so. I, I hope can't wait. I undersell and over-deliver, but it's everybody's really excited. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, I can't wait. Yeah, I'll I I I will be there. I'll come back. You the better next, be there. I'm leaving the next morning, but I'll be there. Okay. That'll be our first time. Hopefully, well, hopefully we'll meet. Maybe before then. I know. And again, I'm sorry we couldn't do this in person. I really was looking forward to it. I really, really was. I don't do that many in person. And I was like, I'm so excited. So thanks for pivoting at the last second and really enjoyed your book. I'm so excited for you. And yeah, just excited to be sort of in your orbit now and, and all of that. So Thank you. And I was very, I was like, what, a Zoom? No, Sibby, I want to be in your color-coded library. Please come another time. I'm, oh, I'm just, you know, please come. <laughs> You're always welcome. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. And also, you know, while well, you're not feeling so great doing this, so I appreciate it. No problem. All right. Exciting. All right. To be continued. Thanks, Daisy. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hey, hey, it's Kip Bodner, CMO of HubSpot. Join me and my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, CMO over at Zapier, on Marketing Against a Grain. We're not the typical regurgitated Twitter threads. These are takes from us, marketing leaders about what we're doing and what we're learning from our peers and what's working in the market and how you can apply them to your business. Everything you need to grow a modern business and have a strategy that is fit for growth in today's changing economy. Listen to our podcast, Marketing Against the Grain, wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.